Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately going to connect with. You're going to totally, totally resonate. It's going to totally be your vibe. And then there's going to be other ones that you're going to be like, hey, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Chiropractic from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And on this segment of Breakfast with Champions, I'd like to know from you, and that's his room title, what we can learn from business titans. So it's 1984. On a darkened stage at the Boston Computer, Computer Society General Meeting, Steve Jobs sits on a podium reading a prepared speech about the history of computing, and in particular, personal computing. He mocks IBMs for their slow progress in the understanding the power of personal computing. And he tells the audience that, it, that, that in 1981, IBM entered the personal computer marketing five years after Apple, and but by 1983, all the global computer experts were fearful that the world would be dominated by IBM. He stops for a second, he looks at the audience, and asks, are they right? The lights go out, a large screen illuminates over his head, showing a dystopian future based on George Orwell's 1984. It's got beleaguered workers forced to sit and listen to propaganda and march through ugly, dingy auditoriums. But, at the, but in the middle of the commercial, all of a sudden, that blonde woman appears and is running in full red and white colors, okay, into the auditorium, chased by stormtroopers with a sledgehammer in her hands. She stops a few feet away from the screen where the person spreading the propaganda is. She has the sledgehammer. She swings around and around and throws the sledgehammer into the screen. The screen explodes and graphics come up and they look like they're from 1984 now. If you look at them, they're pretty, they're pretty bad. But they scroll up and an announcer's voice says very distinguishly, on January 24th, Apple Computer will introduce, the, introduce Macintosh and you will see why 1984 won't be like 1984. The graphics fade to a multicolored Apple logo. Jobs emerges from the dark smiling like he had just changed the world, and you know what? He had. What Jobs and the, all the other Titans always think about is changing the world. Is it for their betterment? Maybe. But the truth is, most of these people 
want to change the world because they want to see if they can. There's a lot of hold my beers when you are a Titan. There's a, there's a, there's a hallmark of Titans that someone who wants to take the mundane and turn it into miraculous. Their creations take people's imagination about what's possible and it flips their, that imagination on their ear. Um, you know, the thing, that, the thing about Jobs and the Mac was that was not his, he, was not his original uh, project that he was working on, right? And it's an, we look at it now and we say, oh, of course it was a no-brainer. Uh, who wouldn't want, at that point in time, who wouldn't want a computer that fit on their desk, worked with a mouse, and did graphics and all kinds of fonts, which was a big deal back then, right? Okay, but the truth is Jobs had, had been kicked off another project, okay, and had fought for the Mac over versions of the new, of the Apple IIc, over Apple III, and also another computer called Lisa. He was also at the beginning of a protracted battle with the board of directors that eventually got him fired from his own company they had started in the garage of Steve Wozniak seven years pr prior to that. I have chosen Steve Jobs, but probably not for the reasons you may think. I am choosing Jobs because of the computer project that he got kicked off of before he stole Mac away from Jeff Raskin. And the project and the computer were called Lisa. Because with Lisa, we see the cost of genius and world changing. The computer Lisa name stood for Local Integrated Software Architecture, and it shipped in 1983 for a whopping $9,995. It was high-end. It was complicated. It had been in development since 1978, and ultimately it dragged the entire company down because Jobs couldn't and wouldn't finish it. He kept making it more expensive, more complicated. That's one of the hallmarks of this Titan's life, that he exacerbated the relationships around him, even with the company that he started. And his unrelenting nature and his certainty and his need for everything to be perfect drove people away. But in this case, in, Lisa, in, in the Lisa case, he had bitten more, off more than he could chew. Because what you don't know about Lisa, the, is the, is the, about the Lisa acronym, is that it's complete crap. Because in 1972, before he started working on Lisa, Steve, Steve Dart started dating a woman who he continued to date on and off for five years. Finally moving it together in 1976, Jobs started Apple around the same time. And, and it was, there was so much to consider about Apple that he didn't think about a family, he didn't think about a future with, with the woman, any of this. And it was this lack of responsibility and caring that ultimately led to this woman leaving him. So why am I telling you the story about an early relationship that didn't work and a computer that also didn't work? Some of you might know this, okay? It's because the product of both, rela both relationships produced something called Lisa. With Chris Ann Brennan, it was a baby girl who Jobs denied being the father of for many, many years. He even went to court over paternity. DNA proved it and he still denied that he was the father but he still named his, his, his computer program from that time, Lisa. He visited the girl, he visited the baby often. Sometimes he was loving, a lot of times he was hostile towards both of them. He was an a-hole, right? We know this about him. This man changed the world by giving everyone a computer with a mouse on a desk. 
He reinvented the way we listened to music with the iPod. He changed the world forever by reimagining what the phone could do. But he couldn't be bothered as he started his company to admit he had a daughter out of a wedlock with a woman he didn't want to be with. Why? Was it as simple as he was too busy and the baby didn't fit into the plan for the computer or the robber banner? I don't know. I honestly don't know. We do know this child, childhood was a little bit tumultuous, right? He was adopted by a couple that sent him back because they wanted a girl instead of a boy, something he knew. When he finally did get adopted, he realized very quickly he was much smarter than the parents that had adopted him. So he had, in order not to become that, he had to find a way to create a per persona that rose above it, right? So the question I have from the room today, and what the room title is, is what can we learn from the title, uh, you know, what can we learn from titans of business? Because Jobs, you know, he's pretty much the definition of, of a titan, right? He changed the world, not just once, but probably five or six times. Just the way that we got music prior to Apple Music uh, changed the world. It changed, the, it, changed industry, it changed all kinds of industries. President sought his counsel. He was the man. But Jobs, like a lot of other titans, like a lot of other people, was flawed. And his personal life up to the point where he realized he was going to die was really the best place he could dump a lot of his trauma and all of his doubt. That said, world changers don't have to be perfect people to be who and what they are. But what we can learn from Jobs is this. Ultimately, he had to be who he was to change the world. But in order for him to become truly happy and at peace, in the end, he had to reconcile his relationships, make amends for his trespasses, and forgive those who had trespassed against him. In other words, he had to become more human and less tightened. In Greek mythology, the Titans were the parents of the Olympians, and it was their harsh treatments of those newer gods that ultimately led to their demise and the ascension of the Olympic gods. Personally, I've become more focused on happiness these days, and I wonder if there's a way to change the world while staying in the happiness zone, and for this, I hope I can, I can give you updates and let you know. But as far as jobs, though, we learned that after his death, when his daughter, who, had, who he had denied for her first 10 years, wrote her book called Small Fry, her name was Lisa Brennan Jobs, she told the following story. At dinner one night, Bono, you two, asked my father about the beginning of Apple. Did the team feel alive? Did they feel a sense that something was be, something big, that they were going to change the world? All the things. My father said, he really, it really did. And that it didn't feel that way. And as they were making Macintosh in particular, and Bono said that it was that way for him when they started the band U2 as well. And wasn't it incredible that people in such disparate fields could have the same experience? Then Bono asked after he got my father smiling, so was Lisa the computer named after her? There was a pause and she braced herself for the answer. And her father hesitated he looked down at his plate for a long moment and then back at Bono and said, yeah, it was. She sat up in her chair right away. This was the first time he had admitted that. Bono said, I thought so. And her father said, yup. This big question that had beleaguered Jobs his entire, his entire career, pretty much, was answered in four, 14 or 15 words. 
And she studied her father's face and she wondered what had changed and why he had admitted it now after all those years. And, and, of, and then she thought, of course it was named after me and the whole lie seemed preposterous. And to us right now, it probably seems preposterous as well. Okay, but that's how that's a how and where we live. We live in these, these this world where we tell ourselves lives so we can get through what we need to get through. That's the first time she he said yes. She told Bono, "Thank you for asking." It was as if famous people needed other famous people around to release their secrets. So, with the remaining time we have left, I always like to leave time for sharing. Okay, if you are trying to be a world changer, if you are trying to emulate a titan. Are you willing to wait decades to step into happiness, into authenticity? Because I don't think it's easy to do both. So in our remaining time, who are the Titans you admire? And what have you learned from them? And what can we learn from Jobs? So that's all I've got this morning, folks. What, who, who'd like to share first? Anyone? Did I put everybody to sleep? It was good insight, Sean. Good insight, Dr. Sean. Thank you, Ramon. Thank you very much. I tried something a little different this morning. I'm, I'm guessing it was I'm guessing it felt flat. I mean, okay. wow, Dr. No, it was great. It was great. Go ahead. So, who wants to share that? And who's got a Titan that they like to talk that they 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 would like to talk Dr. about? Dr. Sean, I'm going to jump in for a second. Like, I feel like I'm in a hi Maria speaking. Uh, good morning, everyone. I feel like I'm in a room of Titans, and I feel like everyone here, right, is uh, authentic, and I feel like. You know, I've been here in this room for very many months and met most people on the stage. And um, I'm very grateful for the Titans in my world, my the new Titans in my world from the last few months since March or May. I don't even remember when I came on. And I'm very, I'm very grateful to, to all the Titans here and all authentic and full of love and faith and, and joy. So yeah, look, I think that people can be who they are and be great because I'm staring at a bunch of beautiful faces this morning. That's a very touching story. Thank you for, for that. I'm, I'm actually moved. Hey, Maria. All right. Morning, can you hear me now? Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. You're back. Okay, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Apologize very much. I apologize, Maria. I didn't hear you shared. Stephen, did you hear her share? I did hear her share. She said that you're a Titan and you're killing it. No, she said that the whole room is, is full of Titans and she loves it. Everybody adds value. And so it was wonderful. It was a wonderful comment because Maria is a wonderful person. I love the, uh, the New York accent. Yeah. I got a chance to meet Maria in Lexington as well. And she was, I saw that you guys had gotten together in New York when you were there. So, um, yeah. So I apologize for the, uh, jumping in and out of the room while I tried to get things going. Does anybody else want to share anything about Titans of business and things that you've learned? I thought I saw sure. Bowman on Mike. Well, okay. Go ahead, Steven. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, you know what, what I've, what I've seen and learned, I've met quite a few, uh, what you would guys would consider or anyone consider Titans. I don't have to mention any names. Most of you know them. And, uh, I think there's a certain point where you 
cascade into humility <laughs> as a Titan. And I've seen it with probably, um, let's say to a certain point, Royals, um, business, business leaders, celebrities, musicians, um, one of them I can talk to, talk about is Andrea Bocelli. When I worked for him for two years, that was like this most the humble, I'm doing 500 million a year or whatever it was. And just so humble and so giving and so loving and so caring. And he had no reason to be, of course, right? Uh, very honest and very, very vulnerable. I also see there's a part of, uh, of Titans that we can learn from. And that is that they are there because of consistency and because of never uh or let's put it this way always knowing that where they are is a stepping stone to where they're going and they're they've never like arrive they'll never arrive where they're supposed to like, like you know just get wake up one day or you you sell your company like all right i'm done i made it that's not how titans think they just keep going this is part of the process of the journey of life so that's some really big lessons that i follow to this day um, and it's, it's really serving me well. So I hope that helped out. Absolutely. Steven, your, your insight always helps out. And I think that there are certain hallmarks. I didn't want to go through a list of what made up a Titan, but I think you just did a really good job of summing it up. Like it was like, like the journey of being a Titan of business because Titans of business, they sort of stand out. They create incredible value in the world and they change it with one idea, with one new perspective, and with one way of looking at things. So we have a, we have a little time left. Does anybody else want to share? Hey, this is Jamika. Can I share? Absolutely. Go ahead, and then we'll hear from Mary Lynn. Thank you. No problem. Good morning, everyone. So when I was listening to your to the story that you were sharing, it was like I saw it as like a movie. And I felt that I kind of felt a little sad for him because I feel like sometimes some Titans aren't able to be as vulnerable when they don't have um, the right people around them to kind of foster their growth. Um, but one person who I look up to the most is Walt Disney. And um, I was actually watching a video this weekend about him. And I noticed that sometimes with Titans, um, I guess the, the, the easiest way to put it is even after their death, they still are alive because of how powerful they are and how they touch people and I didn't even know that he died in 1966 I was like he died before he created Disney World in Florida and um I could have sworn during my childhood he was like my grandfather so like these people you know they they um instill some type of inspiration into others that they work work with um whether it's, it's good or bad and then they also influence so many generations later um to kind of achieve their own set of greatness and i'll release the mic thank you so much for that yeah walt disney another world changer absolutely and and it is kind of oh i heard him oh all right so i thought i heard somebody talk i didn't want to talk over Marilyn. what did you have to say thank you for that share well, I did see Jan flash and I do have a share, but I wanted to make, see if she wanted to go ahead before she gets on the phone and then I'll so, go. I can wait. Uh, well, thank you so you much, guys, Dan. You guys duke it out. 
Thank you. Yeah, you noticed that I had a phone coming. I actually killed it because I yeah. was going to listen to your share. So thank you for that laugh. Um, and for me, I just want, really wanted to tell Dr. Sean that, you know, that was a really touching story that really kind of, um, I felt it in my heart. And, um, you know, it kind of gave me some really good reflection points. I feel like, you know, when we grant Titan stand, uh, you know, status to people, we often, uh, you know, look at, you know, the impact that they've made in society, in science or, uh, you know, or in business, but, um, you know, we really rarely, um, you know, look into the sacrifices they've made or their family has made to help them reach that status. And I do hope that going forward, we're going to see more titans, you know, who's known for the impact that they have made to, you know, their, 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 you know, their kind of immediate family as well as community. I really think, you know, that is also really important. And that's what I would love to see. And also would love to see more female titans getting mentioned in the years to come as well. This is Yen, I'm done speaking for now. It's a good point. Uh, female titans and 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 the, the lack of real um, focus on that. I like that. I like that idea, Jan. Thank you so much. Mary Lynn, what did you have to share? Well, I was just thinking, you know, I love history. And so this is going to be kind of loose because it's 530 in the morning and I don't remember all my history exactly. But being from Michigan, I was always fascinated by the Kellogg's and Henry Ford. And like the Kellogg brothers, I don't know if people know, they ended up, you know, like their cereal was supposed to be like to start a plant-based diet, um, you know, being commercial, I believe. And then they opened the wellness center and they promoted their cereal and it split the brothers up. I mean, there's this whole really intricate, cool history. And then Henry Ford, you know, known for the assembly line, he started this village, but it was like supposed to be this perfect village where the houses were just so... And again, I don't want to butcher my history. This is off the top of my head. And then I thought somebody talked about Thomas Edison the other day where, you know, he had a thousand fails before he had the light bulb. So it just brought up for me that I didn't know about the Lisa part, that the Titans, a lot of times what we, what they are best known for may not have been the biggest project on their heart. And I just thought that was really interesting because I believe the Kellogg brothers really wanted to you were more focused on wellness. I really believe like Henry Ford wanted things to be perfect. He was kind of eccentric that way. You know, um, Steve Jobs wanting to name it for his daughter that he didn't claim, you know, just that there's bigger things on their heart than maybe meets the eye or that we know about and just wanted to dig deeper into that and kind of made me pause. So that's my share. Thank you for letting me share. You're so welcome, Mary Lynn. Thanks. Uh, Kellogg's and Edison and... <laughs> Ford. <laughs> who's, who's the, the Ford? Exactly right. So the thing with Edison was like ultimately the big thing for him was the 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 way that we deliver electricity, not so much the light bulb, right? And that was the that was the big fight between him and Tesla AC, and DC. and uh, yeah, exact ACDC, yeah, which was was the other option for the the opening song this morning. So I think I went the right way. So we've got a few minutes left. I think Patricia, we had you next. Go ahead. Yes, so a uh, great, great uh, start for the day, Grand Rising. And for me, you know, an oldie but a goodie, 1009 knows KFC in his 60s. Come on now, he's still standing strong. I love it. It might not be the healthiest, but go Titans. Uh, I don't know if you know his story, but it's really inspirational. You know, he, he joined the service. He lied about his age at 16 to join the service. Uh, so much adversity, uh, you know, frying 
flying chicken at a station, then the World War II brings him down, living out of a car, all he had was his recipe, all he had was his recipe, 1,009 no's, come on, amazing, amazing Titan, and every time I see a KFC, I'm like, go Colonel, go, <laughs> that's what I got for you today, <laughs> have an amazing day. <laughs> Your laugh get, just gets me every time. I appreciate you so much. And yeah, Colonel Sanders is a good story, right? Somebody who was a little older that sort of turned his life around and became a titan of fast food. And again, like you said, not the healthiest and maybe not may, may, maybe maybe not the best example, but there are plenty of things that all the titans have done from Musk to Jobs that we're not happy about. So I think that we can't really judge a titan by who they who they show up in their personal life and who they show up in in, dif in in every aspect of society. So we have a little time left and my cue is Amanda is anybody here. More? Go ahead, Amanda. Hi, thank Go you ahead. so much. Uh, thanks for that story this morning. That was great. Um, where this took me uh, was uh, kind of what the first share uh, mentioned on just how uh, we're in a room of Titans and um, it, specifically took me to uh, hashtag rise and grind yesterday and Scott Simons with his amazing share. Um, just where the backstory uh, gives you such a sense of relatability. And it makes me sitting in this room uh, just more inspired, you know, more of a flame under my butt uh, to just do what I'm doing and stay on the path uh, for me to fulfill my purpose. And, uh, you know, just uh, someone to aspire to, you know, to be like. And Scott Simons is one of those titans for me. Uh, Scott, amazing uh, share and uh, transparency with uh, just your backstory yesterday. It was a really wonderful part of the show. So thank you all so much. Love you and you have a great, great day. Good. And this is Peter. Oh, hold on one second, Peter. Hold, Peter. hold on one second, Peter. I'll, sure. I'll, I'll come right back yep. to you. Go ahead, Scott. Hey, Amanda. Thank you so much. It's Sean. I'm in the back roads of Virginia. So if you can't hear me that well, I apologize. But Amanda, thank you so very much. Uh, I appreciate it. And I appreciate all the comments that I received. And Sean, great segment, brother. I, I feel like I haven't spoke to you in a while and I, and I miss the same, but you're, you know, you're a big celebrity now. So, you know, you don't have time for us 5 a.m. people anymore. This used to be your spot. So we all understand, Scott, you're on to bigger and better. And we don't, we, we, as a Titan, we don't hold you accountable for your lack of keeping up with personal relations. Just kidding. I love you and uh, have a good morning. So let's, we've got a couple minutes left before I get to t pass it off to Ramon. Uh, Peter was next, I think. What do you got, Peter? Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in, in Virginia right now. I'd love to shake a Titan's hand if I can get a chance uh, when I drive down to Charlottesville tomorrow. So if Scott is in town, I'd love to shake your hand, brother. Um, but anyways, you know, this this month we're celebrating uh, past couple of weeks. Uh, we've been celebrating uh, Martin Luther King. And I think he's a Titan. If you think about about the fact that his message, we, he didn't have social media. He didn't have the ability to 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 broadcast his message that he is going public about uh, equal rights and, and, and the marches that he's having. And somehow he was able to, to, to get uh, that many people. And to, you know, think of it, uh, he, uh, this black man was able to get most of his, many of his marches, there were more, there were more white people present than black. Um, and so you gotta think, 
what was it that was in this in this man's heart that he was able to get his message to so many people uh, without again having the the uh, the, um, the media that we have today. So he is a titan and one that I that I love to emulate. This is Peter Uncomplete. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be in an industry, right? It can be it can be someone who does like social change like that, like Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, Gandhi. Those are all titans as well. And that's a good reminder is that it's not always about money when it comes to people who are world changers. It's about it's about things that they do, right? So who I hear somebody on miking. Who's who is that? Hey, Sean, that was me, Scott, uh, Peter. Go ahead. Yeah, just send me a message. And uh, I'm absolutely in town and I'm in Stanton. It's only 30 minutes from Charlottesville and I absolutely will make that, uh, we'll make that meeting happen. So just message me back here. I'll shoot you my cell phone and I'm more than happy to meet up with you and shake your hand, my friend. And thank you so very much. I appreciate the space, Sean. Thank you. Sounds good. I'm in, I'm in the Harrisonburg, so I'm not too far from you right now. I live in Harrisonburg. <laughs> wow. All right. I'll send you a message. Yes, sir. Thank you. Awesome. It's great. Scott, does he have to pay for the autograph just out of curiosity or is that something you're still doing? Absolutely not, Sean. And I'm going <laughs> to str strangle you. You're going to need a chiropractor <laughs> next time I see you. So, I already you know, do. I already do. I'm Thank glad, Thank glad I can give you a little, little ribbon there. So I, who, I appreciate you. who else wants to share? We have one minute left. I'll Pastor Jeff. Pastor Jeff, go ahead and go ahead and uh, chime in and then we're going to pass it off to Ramon. Thank you. Good morning, champions. My favorite Titan is none other than Ben Yahweh, Yeshua, Jesus the Christ, the son of a carpenter whose mother was accused of sleeping around before he was born, took a group of rejects and taught them how to revolutionize and change the entire world. He was a revolutionist he reformed judaism and who would know that over two thousand years later the movement that he started would still be going this is pastor jeff and i inspire others to move from the mindset of a victim to the mind shift of a victor look at here go have some victory today Thank you, Pastor Jeff. It's good to hear your voice again. I know it's been a while, been a minute. You took some time off from Clubhouse, but we're happy to see you back. So with that, it is uh, 5.30, and I would be remiss if I did not end on time. So, Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.